This podcast represents my opinion and the opinion of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I am not establishing a patient-physician relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions you may have. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Not Your Doc podcast. Um, after several really great expert interviews, uh, Dr. Tadros and I are back here with Seth by ourselves. Hey, it- Seth. <laughs> Hello, guys. All right, good. You, you, you worked up your mic? All right, yeah, good. He's, he's good. All right. Delightful. That's great. I'm still laughing about before we started recording. <laughs> when Dr. Tadros was so screamingly excited about his footstool. Bringing yeah. a footstool in for me, I, yes. I, he made. I made. Exactly. I made. I'm, I'm, I have my pregnant feet propped up on a handmade stool. A shout out to Perennial down in St. Louis on South Broadway. It's a great place to go do crafts. Good people. It's delightful. Fun, fun, fun times. Did fun you times. make this with your wife? I, my spouse made one. My wife, Julie, and I made one each. And oh, it was, no wonder you matching. offered me we're, one we're, for the other foot. It is. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very cool. And I, as a guy who's only marginally handy, it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a really good time. All right. So uh, like I said, after some really great expert interviews um, that have uh, been wonderful, Dr. It's back with me and Dr. Tadros to our original format that uh, has brought us so much critical acclaim and viral notoriety, of course, um, to discuss another topic that's been rolling around in our brains. Um, And I actually brought this one up to Dr. Tadros because of just what's been going on in my life and the lives of, you know, some of the people close to me. Obviously, my my husband, Eric, and I are expecting our first child in a few weeks. Congrats. Thank you. Um, Eric's just changed jobs. We're navigating a lot of change and uncertainty and, you know, just new stages of life. And we're feeling the stress. Mm -hmm. Um, My best friend is in her first semester of nursing school. She has three little kids at home. Her fiance's mom just passed away. She's worn out and stressed too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another friend I have is, you know, experiencing a lot of uncertainty and pressure at work and, um, you know, it's affecting his sleep. It's affecting his blood pressure and anxiety. It's stressful out there. Dr. Tadros. Yes, it is, but it's all right. We're going to, we're going to help out. We're going to put it in perspective here. Things yeah. are going to be better by the end of our uh, discussion. I love that promise. And I, I think we'll be able to deliver on it. So yeah, we are, we are going to talk about chronic stress today. We're going to talk about how it's affecting our minds and bodies. Um, but mainly our, our purpose really in, you know, bringing up any of these topics is just to bring some awareness, encourage self-reflection, knock down shame regarding any of these issues, mm-hmm. and then just really give people a sense of, um, you know, empowerment and autonomy um, and, you know, ho- hope that they can, uh, uh, you know, tackle some of this stuff. So Dr. Tadras, ta- you know, there's so much going on in the world right now. I mean, what kinds of things are stressing people out? Yeah, well, certainly. Uh, so um, the first thing and I think we're going to talk about this on off, number one, uh, you, uh, you don't have to be perfect. The part of our problem is some of our expectations and some of our expectations include perfectionism. That yeah. we're, going, we're going to understand it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it consistently. We're going to get results and we're going to move on. So this is one of the things where I tell people from go from fifth gear down to first gear. In other words, go, 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 push, push, push to self-care, 
thoughtfulness, and you and I were talking about this before, mm-hmm. self-reflection, insight, um, and uh, and uh, we're not going to guilt or shame anybody if they can't do it yeah. at all or can't do it well or can't do it consistently. So absolutely. Be, all right, so that's, that's the first thing. Um, so absolutely. So we're certainly, in, we have everybody from personal stress, individuals that are very specific to us, to bigger stuff uh, that's outside there, in inflation, e- economy, economic uncertainty, uh, uh, potential for war spreading uh, post COVID. We're still in, in. We still have COVID, but mm-hmm. post post acute COVID uh, uh, issues, uh, including uh, the problems from childcare and education and impacts on family and finances. Um, people who own businesses that went out of business and or people not coming back to work uh, for a variety of reasons. <clears throat> so there's a lot of different changes, sudden changes right. or relatively unwanted changes oftentimes that are kind of hitting us all. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of some of the stuff that's made things worse the last three years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have some results here too, from, uh, the Gallup organization's annual global emotions survey. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they do this every year. They survey 122 countries. It's like hundreds of thousands of participants that they ask these questions to, um, so there's a set of five questions that they ask known as the negative experience index. So this me- measures pe- like generally people's levels of worry and stress. So the most recent results, um, you know, taken from tw- 2021, 22 show that people worldwide felt more worried, stressed and sad than at any time in the past 16 years. Wow. Um, with 41% of people saying they felt high levels of daily stress and 42% felt intensely worried in the previous day. Um, interestingly, across the 122 countries survey, the United States was in the top five most stressed. We're number countries. five. We're number, We're number five. five yeah. We're number five. So, I mean, and we'll talk about this too. A lot of there are a lot of cultural implications for that. The United States is, sure. you know, we are we are not known for our four day work weeks and our, you know, our well structured social systems that help to mm-hmm. um, kind of balance the load of daily responsibilities across entire societies. So. That's right. There's a lot of reasons that that might be happening, but just, you know, in, in general, it's a, it is a stressful and, um, worrisome time for a lot of people. Um, and I think that, that, you know, those feelings or that amount of stress, the, the heavy expectations, obviously it's been, you know, highest of the last 16 years. Um, and I think that's kind of become normalized in society, you know, just this constant, intense amount of stress. So my my hope there to discussion today is that, you know, you as a physician, Dr. Tadros, you can help us to um, you know, really understand what some of the physical and mental consequences of, you know, chronic persistent stress mm-hmm. are. Not so that we can scare people, but right. just so we can put into context what the real consequences are. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, try to avoid a catastrophe, right? So right. I may I think you're going to um you know, tell us from your experience what you've seen in patients, uh, you know, some cautionary tales, but then also some hopeful things that we can do to address as Absol- well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just because we talk about this doesn't mean that I'm an, uh, an expert or I, we sure. always want to hear from our audience uh, if, about gaps and the the, the, the the topics that we talk about, different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some, there's the things we're going to talk about are um, some some social issues that were kind of are out there that we know about and biological physiological sure. uh, issues, but uh, everybody sees it a little bit differently. Certainly experiences it differently. We'd like to hear we'd like to hear about this and 
part of when we talk about this, we open up the discussion that normal people, I'll call on myself and you, and you Vanessa, normal, yeah. and Seth, Seth is quite normal. But uh, well, normal he's, people he's talking about this, more normal than the rest of us. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, normal people talking about this openly um, and what you were t- talking about. So uh, self-knowledge uh, and um, insight comes from the ability to actually check yourself, to talk about it out loud. It's, sure. It doesn't help to keep thinking about it over and over again. It doesn't get you more information. Reading a little bit certainly helps. Watching YouTube and other things help. But communicating, especially face-to-face, I right. think is a, is a uh, is, uh, is part of what makes us human yeah. and uh, helps uh, kind, of, kind of stitch society together, families and communities together. So absolutely. So we'll, talk, we'll start talking about stress. Um, and there are a couple of ways to define stress, and, and, and uh, these are general. And this, mm-hmm. is, this is very it's important that we understand a lot of this stuff is nonspecific. It is whether, whether you, you're getting shot in the leg or whether you're facing a test because your, your grade depends on it and you can't yeah. go to grad school. Your body tends to respond similarly, maybe not as intensely, but similarly. And so it's called nonspecific. So stress, a nonspecific response of the body due to uh, stress or outside forces placed on it. Mm-hmm. Another way of hearing about the stress is the body's response to a harmful threat and it's not just real harm, but perceived harm. You right. think it's harmful. Right. You're not going to be able to graduate. You're not going to be able to to, to, to get your car fixed. So the body's response to harmful threat that uh, can affect the normal functioning of your body. This is everything. Uh, this is mind and and, and uh, as well as as well as your muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, it turns out that stress affects every cell in your body, and we've talked about acute stress. But eventually what happens is the chronic stress, and that's the real devastation that we run into. Acute stress can be uh, uh, is, can be helpful. It mm-hmm. can help us whenever, we, whenever it's approached correctly and because it goes away. Yeah. Moderate, uh, moderately long stress and long-term stress is chronic stress is a big, big problem. And I will argue it's probably one of the biggest problems we have in terms of our general health, mental health and physical health. Right, right. Can you can you say another beat about the kind of the biological purpose of stress? I mm-hmm. mean, like our bodies are built to have sort of this fight, flight, freeze mm-hmm. response to, to have a sense of urgency to do something about an external right. pressure or right. perceived harm. That's right. Well, certainly from a biological standpoint and from evolutionary standpoint, a lot of stuff was 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 temporary. It was finding food, finding water, uh, protection. Yeah. A lot of stuff is Being relatively chased by a lion. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff is relatively short minutes, seconds, minutes, hours. Yeah. But what happened as as societies expanded into and uh, and uh, so the stress was not immediate. We took care of some of our uh, our Maslow's bottom uh, bottom. You know, uh, yeah. And some people are not. They have. Food, uh, food insecurity, shelter insecurity, but a lot of us do have the, that already taken care of. We have food, and we have shelter, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, we have protection. Safety. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but what happens is, of course, now it becomes stuff that's non tangible. Our jobs, our, um, our 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 beeper. Back then it was beepers. Whenever I was growing <laughs> up, now it's our cell phones. Yeah, right. Um, all the all the. Um, all the apps dinging and to, to, to uh, sure. warning you about something that's popped up or on your Bills calendar. Bills that are due. Right. Or, yeah, sure. 
So it went from something that's more discreet and and had a kind of a finite piece to it mm-hmm. to something this amorphous big. I'm I'm never off even if I'm in Mexico. I'm sure. always taking. I was taking for years. I would be if I vacationed outside the country. I would be on call or I'd be checking in on my computer. So it was kind of there's no boundaries to it. Right. Okay. So that kind of brings us then to, to sort of the types of stress. So I know we're going to get into chronic stress and what that does to the body, but there's a couple different types here. So I mean, there's like there's routine daily stress Mm -hmm. right yep and so i mean you know just the pressures of daily responsibilities so you know going to school going to work taking care of the family the baby has to get fed the dog has to get walked all that kind of stuff um can you say something about acute stress Mm -hmm. and how that's a little bit different yeah so acute stress and certainly so there's routine pressures that's oftentimes scheduled. Acute stress oftentimes is, can be scheduled, uh, but and you dread it. You know it's coming. It's on your calendar. It's coming up. But sometimes it's unexpected. So that's sure. part of this stuff. Is that the, the kind of the shock and awe, the the surprise. So that's part of what we run into. Um, so uh, negative stuff like job loss, divorce, illnesses, difficulties after birth of uh, birth of a baby, whether the baby's sick or the mom is sick mm-hmm. with postpartum depression. So those are stressful, and we can separate. And there are def- there are separations between stress, acute stress, chronic stress, and depression and anxiety and panic. Um, It feels the same in a lot of ways. A lot of times your body responds similarly, low energy, sleep disturbance, appetite disturbance. So sometimes this goes with with, with anxiety disorders, a disease, Mm -hmm. or panic disorder, which is a disease, or depression, which is a disease. Right. So it's sometimes hard to differentiate. Sometimes physicians and and other people have a hard time differentiating it Mm because these can coexist. You have depression or anxiety or or, or, um, panic, and you have stress. Sure. Uh, So it's not either or. And sometimes the triggering event can be the same thing, right? That's correct. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. How about traumatic stress? Yeah. So uh, certainly traumatic stress is everything that you guys, anybody would uh, consider. War uh, uh, um, and uh, natural disasters. Uh, These are are tornadoes and hurricanes Mm -hmm. and earthquakes and floods, uh, rape. Yeah. Uh, so these are all big traumatic, uh, uh, these are threats that uh, can happen to your safety, physical safety, emotional safety. Mm-hmm. These are big th- domestic violence. And this is where we get into stuff that maybe people don't understand. First responders, yeah. uh, which uh, so this is something that came up with Dr. Shapiro when we talked about this, which is with, with PTSD is, is a type of stress. That can uh, that can augment or worsen PTSD or trigger PTSD mm-hmm. is that is that uh, people that are walking into uh, dreadful situations not necessarily harmful to them. That yeah. you can you can be if you're entering a burning building, but if you're going into seeing uh, ch- ch- children who've been abused or yeah. or violence uh, toward witnessing partners, tremendous right. harm, right. physical, emotional, right. mental harm to other people absolutely. can be equally traumatic. That's correct. Uh, even if it's not going to be directed at you, you wit- you witness kind of the the raw the raw visuals. Yeah. Um, it's multi. It's more than visuals. It's sen- all sensory. The yeah. smells, the, the the sounds, everything. Uh, abusive, abusive parent, abusive ch- parents of uh, children uh, is another big, uh, big issue. We see it m- many years later yeah. when people come to see us for PTSD. Sure, or even adult children, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in these enmeshed relationships or codependent relationships with their parents. Right. The adult children can be abusive as well. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Wow. Okay, so um, though you know, those are some different types of stress. Can we talk now about chronic stress? What sure. that what that really means and what it looks like? Yeah, uh, it's uh, kind of a consistent. It's kind of a 
an ongoing uh, problem that days to years yeah. of, of, of feeling pressure and overwhelmed over long periods of time. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, and th- there are symptoms for chronic problematic stress. This is some of the stuff that uh, f- uh, is very physical yeah. um, as, and uh, aches and pains. So whether you have fibromyalgia or not, uh, just worsening of, uh, it could be autoimmune stuff. It could be osteoarthritis and just the degenerative stuff. It could be fibromyalgia. It's more of a chronic neurological pain uh, right. is, uh, is uh, that insomnia or uh, sleepiness. So ti- tiredness, tiredness doesn't mean you have to be sleepy. But uh, those are two things. So uh, d- disturbed sleep or excessive daytime sleepiness. Mm. Change in social, social behaviors, including isolation. Mm. Uh, so that's some of, some of the stuff. And we have certainly, of course, some people uh, become angry and irritable. Yeah. That's the other part of some of the social issues that are uh, kind of drive away your, your, your support. Sure. Uh, low energy, which is a chronic complaint, is up there with low back pain and colds mm-hmm. uh, is low energy. Um, and this is... Um, and this is including, and this is what you'll, you'll hear if you go to your OB, you know, many months after you have your baby. Um, and if you're low energy, they'll say, well, of course, you're a new mom. And right. stuff. it's new stressors. You have a new lifestyle, new new schedule. Your life is not your own. Um, and so we always have to make sure we're, we check off physical causes, make sure not depressed and stuff. And then we could say, yep, it's probably, you know, your lifestyle has changed. Um, unfocused or cloudy thinking. So this is uh, foggy thinking now. The problem with any any condition, any symptom, is that we have to make sure it's not caused by something else. Sure. Your medications, your alcohol consumption, yeah. lack of sleep, uh, 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 medications that you use to help you sleep that make you foggy the next day, mm. uh, those are uh, cause cloudy thinking. Changes in appetite. Some people overeat. Some people lose their appetite. I have several friends. I have uh, friends and relatives uh, that uh, whenever they're stressed, they don't eat more. They lose weight. They become mm-hmm. gaunt. Uh, so uh, that is... We always want to make sure anybody who has unintentional weight loss, it's not stress, it's not depression, it's not anxiety, it's not an eating disorder, it's not cancer, right. it's not heart failure, it's not kidney failure, it's not lung uh, disease, because there are a bunch of reasons why people lose weight, <clears throat> especially if they have lost their appetite and lose weight. Right. Um, uh, changes in emotional responses to other people can have blunted feelings. They 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 can't they can't uh, they can't get ex- as excited about things. Um, and uh, so that's the other piece that we and see. And also the increase in irritability that you're right. talking about too, just a Bingo. shortened fuse. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, emotional withdrawal, they're, they're kind of, they're blunted. It's not fight, flight, and it's sometimes freeze. It's just kind of, kind of, kind of, they just are numbed mm. because it just takes energy to have anything, either yeah. positive or negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then feeling stuck or unable to do anything. That's kind of feeling helpless and hopeless, yeah. which is miserable, which is a miserable feeling that you can't, you can't, ask for help and you can't help yourself and you can't ask for help. Right. I think that was, you know, in doing, in looking over some of these, uh, you know, resources that you sent over before we did this talk, obviously we'll be, you know, posting the links to all this stuff. Yes. That was a, that was kind of a key, uh, through line that I was seeing that, you know, there's kind of this constellation of different types of, um, somatic physical, uh, symptoms that we can have in addition to feeling, uh, you know, a lack of control or ability to really do anything about the situation. Right. So that helplessness and hopelessness right. that kind of overlaps with, you know, what we see in depressed patients or anxious patients as yeah. well. And what, what happens is that people are stressed sometimes for months to years yeah. and all of a sudden they become anxious or, or asleep or something. And they're like, I've always had kids. I've always had six kids. I've always yeah. had the three jobs. I've always had to... And the answer, for some reason, and this is my personal, is that you, you've, you, all your reserve is kind yes. of ex- expend. And sometimes it takes years to expend your reserves. Yeah. A, your aging pl- and, 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 and less tolerance for 
noises or mm-hmm. people getting in your in your business, all sure. sorts of stuff. So it's stress, stress, stress that you kind of deal with it whatever way, healthfully yeah. or not healthfully. We're going to get around to that. And eventually you just can't tolerate it anymore. Sure. And all of a sudden you need help uh, that's beyond just uh, just uh, just talk therapy. I, I, like th- that. I think that's a, a really important thing to point out because I think people sort of think that like the it, relatively consistent levels of the no, same stressors right. will right. just will have a consistent gradual effect on you. Does not. And it could it can be very sudden and very right. severe. Yep. You. It's for some reason it really is as you've exp- you've expended your reserves, your tolerance for all sorts of stuff just yeah. kind of all of a sudden kind of kind of washes away, and all of a sudden you start having dramatic increase in your in physical symptoms. Sure. And that's and as a physician, as an internist, that's what happens is that I see you. I see people certainly with chronic stress, but certainly whenever it tips over to potential depression, anxiety, etc. Uh, or worsens your underlying depression, anxiety that you already have had. What happens is that all of a sudden I, I get a call and it's like, you know, I'm just dramatically better, worse. But but I look back and it's it's been building up over time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, right. a, an analogy that I read is, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, ignoring squeaky brakes right. in, a, a, in right. a truck, you know. They'll, they'll function to some right. degree for a long right. time, and all of a sudden, they will just fail. That's right. Completely fail. Collapse. Not, right. Yeah. Can't it, get up and go to work. Absolutely. Right. The, the, and the whole thing screeches to a halt or, you know, beers off the that's road, exactly whatever right. happens. And I think that's I think that's the part of understanding yourself, what we talked about, yeah. about your insight, that I'm able to do it, but that's all I can do today. And yeah. I, I, don't, I can't have fun tonight or anything because I'm exhausted. I have to go to bed early and stuff like that. So uh, people push and push and push because they're, they're, they're conscientious. They rely on themselves to go to work. They know other people rely on them uh, or, or take care of the kids or whatever the responsibilities are. And it, it comes at a cost. And everything comes. Economists talk about this. There's no, there's no uh, perfect answer. It's, everything comes as a trade, as a yeah, trade-off. trade-off. Some, some sort of trade-off. Right. Financial, non-financial, energy, money. Something is, comes as a trade-off. Right. Yeah, Relationships. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, one we, we didn't hit with the chronic stress is increased alcohol or drug use. Just yes. some of these like kind of, you know, sleeping too much, sleeping too little, right. eating too much, eating too little, yep. um, drug and alcohol use, all those kinds of things as well. Um, Dr. Tadros, can we can we move now into we're going to talk about medical and psychological issues that arise from from That's chronic right. stress. Um, could you share a couple of examples of patients you work with that? that you've worked with that have either become become physically ill from chronic stress or sure. whose chronic stress significantly work, worsened their pre-existing conditions. Absolutely. Uh, we happen to be talking with our, our, our uh, Joe, Joe uh, Flaherty mm. about, um, about delirium, um, and uh, we use the word dementia and depression. But it turns out for demented patients, their caregivers, caregiver stress, uh, is an enormous problem in terms of uh, what I end up seeing in uh, in terms of I take care of the person with dementia, but their daughter or their sister or their husband um, who are chronically have to look after them because the patient can't be safe. They're demented. They have yeah. Alzheimer's right. or, or multi-infarct dementia or uh, frontal temporal lobe dementia right. li- uh, like, um, like uh, uh, Bruce Willis. Right. Um, uh, so the, the, the caregiver stress... And this includes moms uh, for children. 
uh, moms who are isolated, right? They right, have they're right. stay at home and they can't. There's no. They don't have play group. Blah blah blah. All yeah, this stuff, especially support. with absolutely with especially during the pandemic. God help us. The pandemic was atrocious for for being able to grab support to face to face support. You could do it over the phone. Right. But but this is what we see enormous uh, uh, problem. We're having an expanding dementia, uh, especially Alzheimer's in the United States problem. Therefore, we're going to have more caregiver stress. It's not just the relatives and your friends who are from churches or your synagogue or temple that come help, but also um, nurses and nursing home who are understaffed. This, this mm. is stress. So we see this problem expanding uh, with no end in sight because the disease is expanding. Um, so what, what we see is the, this kind of this um, people feel responsible. People uh, um, uh, have to have multiple hours at a time without relief, sometimes days and mm-hmm. months at a time without relief, no vacation, no weekends off, uh, et cetera. And then we end up with some of the physical stuff that's, uh, that eventually leads to permanent, potentially permanent stuff, heart attacks and hypertension and diabetes, poor control. All these things are worsened, maybe not initiated, but certainly worsened by, by chronic stress. Yeah. Wow. Um, what, what's, what's happening in the, in the body, sure. like in, including to our major systems when our, when our stress levels are consistently high and, and there's not enough recovery time there, we're not building back the reserves to sort of compensate for those high stress sure. moments. I'll, I'll start off with the basics and then we'll work up to kind of, kind of, uh, so this is uh, add a little more, um, you know, our stress response is a kind of essentially a whole body response. Our nervous system, our brain, spinal cord, and peripheral nerves go everywhere in our uh, go everywhere to our body, our peripheral nerves, and our endocrine system. These are these are glands like uh, like your adrenal glands, your thyroid, and and your um, pituitary. These uh, put hormones into our bloodstream that go everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's, it involves our acute stress, and which eventually becomes our chronic stress issues. Start there. Our, our nervous system have the autonomic or automatic nervous system. Autonomic is two parts, the sympathetic and parasympathetic. So parasympathetic is kind of the slow down, lower your heart rate, relax. Mm-hmm. Uh, sympathetic is what we're going to talk about. That's the stuff that gives us, uh, secretes, that puts out there um, uh, our adrenaline, our mm-hmm. epinephrine. Uh, this is the stuff that they give you from uh, whenever you're having um, uh, low blood pressure and other things. So adrenaline to kind of jack up your blood pressure uh, whenever you're in trouble. Uh, from a medical standpoint, but your body makes this naturally and it really jacks it up under times of stress, especially acute stress. Yeah. Uh, so that's your sympathetic nervous system. And that sympathetic nervous system with the adrenaline or epinephrine coming out uh, increases your heart rate, increases your blood pressure, your pupils dilate so that you can get in more light, uh-huh. uh, your increased blood flow to your muscles and your heart and your lungs. This is all for acute stuff, so f- fight or flight. Sure. Uh, you decrease blood flow to your gut, your saliva glands, so your, your stomach kind of goes quiet intestines go quiet your mouth goes dry your skin gets clammy because you don't need blood supply to your skin Mm. uh, so much this is when you get cold and clammy whenever you're under acute stress and stuff like that um your your brain uh, increases processings for the for to watch out for uh, the threat it it helps you vigilance increases that's right vigilance is important hypervigilance that's excessive is is bad but it helps you with attention and focus and planning your thalamus which is where uh, kind of the central part of your sensor sensations that come from your body your thalamus uh, goes into overdrive where your hearing and vision and smell kind of mm-hmm. gets more acute once again acute stress hypothalamus in your brain secretes some stress related uh, some of the controlling um, hormones that uh, work on your adrenal glands and then your in your brain you have your limbic system which is response uh, to um, uh, uh, to your emotions it gives you anxiety and fear and 
mm-hmm. anger and excitement, and uh, that also that limbic system triggers your your uh, uh, your uh, muscle tension and alertness through your reticular uh, your reticular activating system, and then uh, your uh, your and en- then we're going to jump over to your endocrine system. Your, you've heard of cortisol, your stress right. hormone. Yep. Well, it turns out the cortisol, which is from the, uh, the outside rim of your, and by the way, people don't realize this, your adrenal glands sit on top of your kidneys. Yeah. So they, uh, so your kidneys look look like kidney bean shaped, and on top of them, it, it, it's like a, a Minuteman hat. It looks yeah, like, like a, a triangular. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a triangular, or like a triangular gland that sits on top of your, each of your kidneys, and on the on the outside, the cortex, uh, it uh, secretes this cortisol level. And that cortisol level is released because something up higher from your anterior pituitary, which sits underneath your brain, this little pea-sized gland that sits underneath the, uh, your brain, releases ACTH. And that's released because up, uh, up further in your hypothalamus, your corticorporin releasing hormone. So from releasing hormone in your your your, uh, your uh, hypothalamus to your uh, anterior pituitary, your ACTH is released all the way down to your cortisol. You notice everything is being involved, and this yeah. is for acute stress. You can imagine that uh, this is extremely coordinated, and it's uh, it's been these types of uh, uh, responses uh, for for a lot of uh, mammals has been preserved, and this is how it kind of works in in, uh, in a lot of animals animals in terms of uh, survival, and that's right. really you're in survival mode uh, for these things. Cortisol, uh, we're getting to the point where cortisol helps regulate your uh, blood sugars. We need more sugars to your muscles and to mm. your heart and, and to your brain. Um, but you're not eating. You're under great uh, great stress. We've decreased blood supply to your gut, so you're not eating. So it turns out cortisol releases, it causes uh, your stored fats and proteins to, to be released and to be converted to glucose because that's mm. what your brain uses. That's, a very, that's the main energy, the, the main um, macronutrient that gives you energy. And your cortisol shuts down your some of your immune system, so it's an immune system suppressant. suppressant yeah. um, uh, but it helps inflammation. It also suppresses inflammation. Mm. So you can imagine it helps pain because inflammation. Sure. But also the immune system. And as you can imagine, what happens is um, if we leave things uh, uh, chronically in overdrive for too long, right. you you can imagine this is exhausting. It right. Exhausts, and that's what really what what it comes down to. Right. This exhausts your 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 um, uh, your physiological and psychological system eventually so what happens is that these that uh people uh feel drained so what happens there's a there's a period after acute and can last for hours days that you feel exhausted and drained yeah um and your cortisol goes down it can't be up forever Mm -hmm. It it, it goes down um and so um and then if and if and the chronic stress continues then what happens is that you have degradation of 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 um your, your systems. Yeah. So this is where people will have um, uh, uh, everything from uh, stress-related heart problems um, um, and, and uh, depression and insomnia and other things that are chronic. So mm-hmm. so it, it's helpful whenever it's acute. It's helpful right. whenever it's focused. It's helpful. We have all the systems pointing in the direction of making you focused and, and ready to, to, to fight or f- right. uh, fight. But what happens is most of our stressors nowadays – uh, are not the type of stressors that our our system was set up to to, to, fight, to sure. fight, fight off or work with. Yeah, that, that's really fascinating. How the so it seems like what you're saying is you know a stress response is a whole body, Everything. whole system right. response. It is 
Um, it's so, non-specific. It's non-specific. Once again, whether you're getting shot or whether you're, yeah. you're going to fail your class, and you're going to have to repeat a you know repeat a class and can't graduate. It's the same freaking response. That's yeah, the it's interesting how our our animal brains kind of kick yeah. kick all of that into gear right right when it's necessary. Sometimes dis in, it, not in proportion to what the actual totally threat is to. And we'll and right. we'll talk more about that, but. Um, it's interesting when you said too that you know after after a period of uh, acute stress or extreme output like that, feeling drained, very much, and so. literally your all your your glands and your systems and everything are pumping out right. all all of these hormones. There's all of this energy being expended. Mm-hmm. It, uh, drained sounds like the perfect yeah. word to describe. Yep, and almost drain, literally and physically. What's and, or, and if the drain and the drain feeling lasts for weeks, well. uh, you know, weeks to months, yeah. people feel depressed, and this is the problem we run into. Is that things mimic each other, um, sure. and so that's why it's important to get a good history and physical on when something started and what happened when something started. Uh, people, I can't, you know, I, can't, I haven't been able to sleep, and what happened? Mm-hmm. Then? Well, you know, my my mother, you know, left the house, and all of a sudden you could see the links that led to this physical symptom where they end up coming to see me for medicine. Sure. Okay, so um, how how does this type of stress rep- response? You kind of alluded to it a little bit at the end there. How sure. does the stress response aggravate? conditions like hypertension, mm-hmm. heart disease. We don't have to get into all of them, right. but like what's what's to talk us through the effects of some of that. Yeah. So what happens and and we whenever we talked about our hypertension, hypertension is a canary in the coal mine for yep. all everything from stroke to heart attacks to heart failure to kidney failure to peripheral vascular disease. Uh, it adds to, it doesn't cause everything by itself, but it adds to these problems. So it's stress on the walls. So adrenal, adrenaline, cortisol, um, whenever you use cortisol, it holds on to so- so- sodium, hold, sodium holds on to water. Mm. You increase your intravascular volume. That's one of the causes. And adrenaline makes your heart beat harder and beat faster and harder. So okay. it's called chronotro- uh, harder heartbeats, ionotropic, positive ionotropic, uh, Beat faster, positive chronotropic. These are I'm using these t- technical terms because I want people to start thinking about these and looking mm-hmm. them up. Uh, but I'm trying to explain them all now. Yeah. So we're getting, we're getting, so we're beating, we're beating the crap out of the uh, your vessels and your right. heart, and your vessels go everywhere: your brain, your eyes, your 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 your, your uh, the uh, the actual heart muscle itself, mm-hmm. coronary artery, uh, your aorta, which, which is a big artery from your chest all the way into your belly. So we, we're getting, we're getting, and this stuff uh, continues over and over again. Acute stress, like you had uh, asked many uh, several um, sessions ago, acute stress is expected uh, and is necessary and it's helpful. Right. It's when it becomes chronic and and and, uh, and we don't have a way to turn it off, except sometimes medicine initially. Eventually, mm-hmm. there's actually uh, it's, there is a way to turn it off. It is. It turns out it turns out meditation and exercise is some yeah. of the stuff that helps reverse some of this. Term. We'd like to prevent these things from happening to begin with, obviously. But then it turns out that everything from meditation uh, uh, to uh, to exercise to losing weight, uh, other things are helpful besides medications. So some of these, it sounds like what you're saying is that it's not necessarily, but the body isn't necessarily in this like, super stressed state all the time. But right. some of these elevated levels of hormones right. kind of keep keep all of it sort of functioning at in overdrive right yeah that's so right. it's you know keeping the heart the heart rate and blood pressure higher for longer periods longer of time periods or repeated repeated uh-huh. every time your dad comes home drunk you know everything goes up again yeah and so you know do that a few hundred times yes yeah and so that just it, it weakens the strength of the arterial walls and right. what i mean what what else can happen with that yeah so uh, so certainly elevated blood pressures everything from aneurysms for your brain aneurysms mm-hmm. in your chest from your thoracic 
thoracic aorta, aneurysm in your abdomen is one of the things. So hypertension, and if you're already smoking and smoking on top of it, so you have hypertension plus tobacco use, and it's plus age. Whenever you, as you age, we lose elasticity in, in our vessels. So these, these, this, uh, this uh, constellation is kind of a, sure. essentially you could call it a syndrome, syndrome, a syndrome of of, of several uh, factors that end up with an end organ, whether it's your aorta or your retina or your brain, mm. end organ disease, end organ problem is not reversible. Yeah. Once you have a bleed in your, once you have a bleed in, uh, in, in your brain, et cetera, now you're at risk for future bleeds and future strokes and stuff like sure. that. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so let's switch gears here from some of these, um, you know, phys- physical medical conditions that can arise. Let's talk more about psychological issues that can arise sure. from chronic stress. And I know we can kind of, we, you Absolutely. know, we sort of talked about they can, they can overlap. One can cause the other, the other can be aggravated by stress. Right. Um, so help us out here. Let's start with depression. And, uh, here, we're going to put in a plug. Uh, yeah. Je- Jennifer Abel, one of our local psycho- uh, psychologists, who's also an author and a, and a international speaker is going to come talk about generalized anxiety and chronic worry. Yeah. Um, and she talks about other things too, but that's going to be, so it's going to kind of, uh, uh, kind of be an offshoot of kind of what we're talking about. Looking here. forward she to does, that conversation yeah, for she sure. Does very nice, uh, cognitive behavioral uh, therapies. Um, so, um, so the psychological issues that helplessness and hopelessness, um, whenever, whenever you feel exhausted, emotionally, physically, spiritually exhausted, uh, you, you get that helplessness and hopelessness. And even though if you, if, with cognitive behavioral therapy, they ask you, let's go ahead and write down what, what's really hopeless, what's mm-hmm. really hopeless. Mm-hmm. You know, are you really, are you totally hopeless? Is there, you know, you have 10% that you can ask for help and stuff. And, but, but people really without help cannot see past yeah. their nose. They're, right. they're, they're, they're so far in a ditch, they can't see the light. Yeah. Uh, and so this is when you need help. This is whether it's your minister, your therapist, your parents, your, your spouse, your kids, and this is when you really need help. You really can't see. Your brain is artificially, is artificially not able. This is when people become suicidal. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's not thinking correctly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We yeah. talked we talked about sort of the the, the persistent delusion of, right. of depression to where you, you can't trust how you feel about right. yourself, how you see yourself, right. how you how you estimate your hope and chances right. for the future. That's correct. Um, that it's just com- completely out of whack and needs treatment in order to That's recover right. from. That's right. So sure. it goes from stress to this. And not everybody's stressed and even chronic stress develops all these, but this yeah. is an increased risk of getting to this level sure. of hypertension, heart disease, depression. Yeah. And if you already have a depression diagnosis, already. excess stress can absolutely right. d- take you for a loop. It's an interesting, they've done studies about about chronic chronic pessimism uh, being more realistic than chronic optimism because mm, you know right. a lot of things don't quite work out and yeah. pessimistic people already kind of are already ahead of the curve here. They already kind of know things tend to so they already brace themselves. Mm. But there comes there's a balancing act with everything that we do. Yep. Is there's a balancing act about how pessimistic you are versus how hopeful and uh, unrealistically hopeful that you can sure. be. Sure, yeah. I certainly. I mean, as someone with that, I have you know, bipolar and depression has been a big mm-hmm. issue for me my whole life. I have had so many crazy cycles triggered by major majorly stressful events yes 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 school traumas whatever um that it 
it's something that I look out for now yes. and build very carefully into my self-care routine. Mm -hmm. yep. um, I'm very mindful of, you know, making sure that I have really good boundaries in place yep. for what I say yes to, what yep. I commit to. I noticed you're better than most people I know. <laughs> I, I've had to, I've had to acquire that over the years because, because I just, I would spend myself until absolute emptiness and then, you know, spiral into a depressive suicidal right. episode. And it was just a complete mess. Yep. Cycles, you pick up on your own cycles, but it takes several, it, unfortunately it takes three, four, five, ten times. Same thing with it's alcoholism. We used to have such poor insight. Yeah. And this is even positive stuff. It's like, you know, I do more and I, I know more and people promote me and they compliment me and then mm -hmm. I collapse. And so this is, a, this is, so this is a kicker. It's not always just negative, 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 and then you collapse. Right. It's a lot of stuff is positive. It's yeah. like you're energized, you're rewarded, people love you. And, yes. and then you just can't, you can't do, keep yes. doing it at that, at that speed. Right. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about anxiety next because I think sometimes we can confuse stress and anxiety because the right. physical uh, sensations are so similar. They are. I mean, anxiety is a version, is, it looks like stress, but anxiety is out of proportion, both mm. both, both in terms of uh, uh, magnitude and, and time scale. Right. So, uh, so anxiety can happen for no reason. I'm anxious. Why? I have money. I have good people. I have I have work. I have my car is fine. Everything's right. fine. Why am I freaking anxious? So that's one of the difficult. Same thing with depression, by the way. Some people there is absolutely yeah. no reason for them to be depressed. They know they can list. They literally say, "I have no reason to yeah. be depressed, but I feel like shit. Right. I feel like suicidal." It's so infuriating. Remember, right. Too. It's very infuriating because <laughs> yeah. everything should be working yeah. well. Right. So that's the first thing is that when people have that type of insight. Please get help. Good for you for knowing that things mm -hmm. should not be this feel this bad. Right, that's a so, big red flag that, for sure. A, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so the so first of all, um, if stress turns into anxiety, you know, you have a test, and now every time that you have a test, you have anticipatory anxiety. Get, get it? That you anticipate the next time you're going to have a terrible time, and etc. Mm -hmm. Then those people need to start to need to saying, hey, it's 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 out of proportion. You know, I right. got a I got a B minus. It's not what I wanted, but it's not a failing grade, and blah blah blah. So if every time I dread, so this is where we get test anxiety or et cetera, uh, then, then people really need to uh, get help. Uh, so it's not just normal stress. And normal stress can make you focused, right? Normal yeah. stress can make you sharp. Normal stress can keep you, you know, make sure that you finish the race. But, uh, but whenever it becomes, uh, degrades you, degrades mm -hmm. your performance, degrades your sleep, degrades your appetite, degrades your mood, degrades your, inter degrades your interactions with people. Then you need to say, hey, this may be more than just, you know, just a, a little stress and yeah. stuff like that. So right. that's a, that's a, that's the next thing. Um, so one of it is that it doesn't have anxiety. Uh, and the other thing is that it lasts like six months or more. Sure, sure. So that's a generalized anxiety. Yeah. And you become worried about stuff that you don't have to worry about. You worry about stuff that you don't have any control over. Right. And that's the other piece of it is that anticipatory anxiety. And this generalized, this kind of this foggy cloud of everything is terrible. Yeah. You, things that are unrelated, you hook it all together. It's right. like my, my husband doesn't want to listen to me, my, my kids and my car. and my All of a sudden, it's like they don't all necessarily have anything to do with each other. But in your head, you've kind of sewn them right. into one one big pile of crap that right. you uh, that you that you can't control and you don't know how to get out of yeah absolutely and you know and and there there's sort of two components i think too with like an ex an anxiety disorder or the mm -hmm. anxiety itself there's the the physical sensations yes. right? right and then there's also the cognitive piece of it how so how you're thinking about things right. is is escalated and and worrisome disproportionate to what the That's actual right. threat is but the physical responses are the same the right. you know it's out of proportion it's overly escalated right. in terms of 
or in comparison to what the scale of the actual threat. And so both of those things typically need to be addressed in order to successfully treat uh, anxiety. Yep. Can we talk some about PTSD now? Just a, you know, brief kind of definition and so how that's something else, another psychological uh, consequence of chronic stress. Yeah. So uh, PTSD is a post-traumatic stress disorder. And there's a there's a cousin of it. This uh, there are a couple of cousins. There's one is called um, uh, complex PTSD. Mm-hmm. So uh, complex being that it happens more than once, uh, not just a one time that you were potentially raped or or you uh, or you were raped. It, it has happened more than once. So uh, called complex PTSD. Um, and there are other types of traumas that are also betrayal traumas, et cetera, that can be kind of uh, in the PTSD category. Mm-hmm. So uh, post traumatic stress disorder. Um, is specific, uh, but it's real harm or potential harm, the yeah, kind of physical right. or uh, physical uh, 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 the, 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 that actually you were in a car accident and now you have flashbacks, right. or you could have been you almost you almost rear-ended and stuff like that, or you saw another person rear-ended and you know set on fire their car and stuff like that. So that's uh, that didn't happen to you, but you witnessed it. Right. So those those are the typical what we see. Mm-hmm. So whether you were shot at, whether you're in battle or your buddy got shot next to you, mm-hmm. uh, so the same the same the same issue uh, and this is um, this is when uh, this is under anxiety disorders uh, and what happens is that either you have nightmares um, or and or you have uh, daytime flashbacks flashbacks mm-hmm. you feel like you're sucked back into that situation right physically emotionally yep. physiologically so you get this the the, the, the palpitations the sweats mm-hmm. the the and uh, um, um, <clears throat> The panic feeling, the out of control, the things are out of control feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it could present as fear, it could present as anger, it could present a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is a whole series of podcasts, That's right. on, honestly, on PTSD. I think uh, to tie back into what you were talking about before with the stress, our, our, how our, our brain has its own stress response, um, how our, our, our sensory inputs become better our senses become heightened, right? That's right. It's and become so hypervigilant. That's hi- correct. Hypervigilant. Our smell becomes more acute. Our yeah. hearing becomes more acute. All yes. of that. Um, and that's sort of a hallmark of PTSD too with these flashbacks is those sen- right. the same sensations, the sounds, the smells, yep. the textures, the feelings right. all can come racing back at once as and, well. And sometimes it's just from simple triggers and allowed yeah. uh, somebody behind you, walks behind you. You're in an open space and I'm looking here to the right to Seth who's uh, ex-military. Um, so, so you're in an open space, uh, you're with, uh, there's, uh, your, your back is not against the wall where you know everybody, you can see the whole field of view in front of you. Um, uh, so all that stuff smells, um, um, all that stuff. So, um, um, and, 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 and some people, it, sh- it comes out as drinking and as anger. And so people focus yeah. on the drinking and the anger. Right, they, right, don't, right. they don't understand that there's layers of stuff behind it. And, and the response, uh, what we're seeing is the response is the tip of the iceberg. What's underneath it is, is what's, what's causing the tip of the iceberg to pop up and where we can see it. And, that's, and so these people may mm, not be able to get the help because they piss off so many people around sure. them. And so yeah. this is the shame of it. They're in dire straits. And uh, unless they have a, a sense of wherewithal of what's happening to them, uh, they just it kind of spirals. Yeah. Negative fashion. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and just to say one more thing about stress, a traumatic stressful event can trigger PTSD and also right. stress can aggravate PTSD right. from a former um, 
uh, traumatic event as well, that's too. Right. So that's definitely something and to when, look and when out for. Larry Shapiro spoke with us. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing. And I think we all, we, you and I learn, all of us, yeah. Seth and you and I, that he sees uh, uh, PTSD as an injury, not yes. as a mental illness right. uh, with, that needs therapy. He needs an injury that needs to be rehabilitated. So right. a rehab model rather than a psychotherapy model. Which is something I was thinking about the other day after, because you know, I was listening to him for the third time. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been a doc for quite a while. I've talked to lots of people. I've treated a lot of people. I've sent people to good specialists. Mm-hmm. But I still learn. I'm basic. This is basic stuff. But I still learn certain words, and we all know certain words are like, oh, oh, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. Yes. It's like it's like it uh, opens up a whole different avenue and venue of, of thinking about right. things differently. Yeah. Reframing with languages can be a yeah. very powerful thing. It's very powerful stuff. So um, to kind of, you know, wrap on the physical and, and psychological issues, there mm-hmm. there's a, a cost, right? There's a cost sure. of not dealing with chronic and toxic stress. Um, and I think an important cost is to, you know, relationships with, with family and friends. Yes. Um, and Dr. Tadros, you're going to talk to us a little bit about children, the stress rep- response in children. And, yeah. you know, obviously... Um, how the parent or adult deals with their stress right. can immediately impact Always. the stress levels of the the partner or children that are living with them as well. Right. So we there's, talk a little more about that. There's a selfish reason to deal with stress because it's right. your, your life, your energy, your body, your brain. But what happens is whenever you deal with stress appropriately, it helps everybody around you yes. automatically. Everybody. Yeah. I, I don't care if it's the person driving next to you in the car that right. doesn't, doesn't even know you. Because yeah. now you could be focused. You could be present. You could be, you know, you could be aware uh, as opposed to, you know, as opposed to kind of being distracted because you're inside your head all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, so stress with kids. And I, you know what? I think it's worthwhile for us to go back and forth. We could go. We could do this together. I yeah, think. absolutely. Yeah. So. And there's an infographic that, that Vanessa grabbed, and I was just telling her beforehand that I thought this was excellent. Um, you found this. I just I? printed it off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, okay. I'm better than I thought. No, yes, I'm, you I'm are. Not. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> anyway, but but this is it because Vanessa's going to be a, a, a new mom in a few days. Yeah. And I'm sure she's already, because she's a perfectionist, somewhere buried inside of her, she's perfectionism that she wants to do all, everything perfectly. Yes, I do. And I will tell you, um, you're, you're a real mom. You're not a perfect, you're a real mom. And real moms... Yeah. Real, real moms uh, have real. Uh, it's not theoretical and hypothetical sure. stuff. So good. So uh, stress response for kids, and this is where we misinterpret it. This is where we get mm-hmm. angry at our kids. Yeah. And I think this is, um, and this is the way I was brought up, is that the kids have to be perfect. They have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. They have to, you know, they have to act like adults. Mm-hmm. Literally, mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you behave like adults at church. You, you behave like adults in front of other people. You don't shame or embarrass anybody. Right. Good luck. Yeah. So some of the, I think it's important to say before we start into this, this is like three columns of behaviors that might show up as a stress response in kids. So fight, flight, or freeze. And we'll sort of go through the different behaviors, which would obviously be different behaviors sometimes than what we see in adults right. Somewhat, who yes. have life experience and more, you know, rational thinking right. skills and practice being social and all that kind of stuff. So it's important to be aware that these behaviors in children can actually be signaling something else other than just bad behavior or rudeness or something That's like correct. that. I will argue that kids 
in a social, and most of our kids are so socialized that they want to be loved. They of want course. to be cared. They don't yeah. want to be yelled at. They right. want to be right. They want to be the good kid. The vast, vast, vast majority of kids. And if they're not by your standards, by the mm-hmm. parents' standards, there's something else going on. I right. will argue there's no such thing as a bad kid. I think other, other, other child psychologists and other developmental psychologists and psychiatrists would say the same thing. Yeah, there's no I such thing as a bad. There's no such thing as a bad kid. Yep. There's something going on. Right. All right. I'll, uh, you want to start fight? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Okay, so uh, yelling, screaming, using mean words. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's not right away. You're, you're safe yeah. for a few years. Right. Um, so hitting, kicking, biting, throwing, punching, some of these aggressive behaviors. This is a little bit obvious for fight. Um, blaming, yeah. deflecting responsibility, uh-huh. being defensive. Yes. Um, that sounds like adults to me. Yeah, it certainly does. But I mean, I guess it makes sense in response to a perceived threat, yes, right? Yes, yes. Demanding or controlling. Yes. Um, obviously, d- again, kind of like defensiveness. So uh, these are some, these are, uh, these next couple ones are like some buzzwords that you might hear like on a school report, basically. Yep. Your kid is oppositional, defiant, non-compliant. Yep. Um, and again, some of this might be in, you know, response to a perceived threat again, right? Mm-hmm. Um also in the fight response, moving toward what feels threatening. So yep. moving towards what feels threatening as opposed to running away from it. Right. Um, and then irritable, angry, furious, offended, aggressive. These are all kind of fight indicators. Only because I grew up this way. I was an angry kid. And I would, it is, it is fight. I mean, it's not just the title, but it is you move towards the person yeah. who's the person who's embarrassing you, shaming you, instead threatening of cower, you, yeah. threatening you. Uh-huh. You don't run away. You don't cower. You don't yeah. back down. You you escalate. Yeah. And so, by the way, this is exactly what happens with adults. There's nothing. I think there, there are a lot of adults. Some of us are childlike yeah. still. Anyway. Um, all right. I'll do flight. Flight yeah. just means fleeing, uh, wanting to escape, run away, mm-hmm. um, uh, unfocused, hard to pay attention. ADD type look at behavior that could be mistaken. Fidgeting, restless, hyperactive. Once again, ADD, ADHD type of behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, preoccupied, busy with everything but the thing that needs to be that that that's, that should be addressing. Mm. Uh, procrastinating. Amen. I grew up like this. Procrastinating, mm-hmm. avoiding, ignoring the situation, hoping it kind of goes away. Kind of uh, moving a, uh, away from what feels sort of thing, as yeah. opposed to the opposite, where you move towards it to, 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 to escalate and fight it off, and being anxious, panicked, scared, worried, overwhelmed. Yeah. So all this is uh, flight. This is you know avoiding, avoiding, ducking. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll do freeze. Uh-huh. Um, it's interesting because I just want to say before we read through this, uh, you know, when I I had a big trauma earlier in my life and you know when i was learning about trauma response mm-hmm. it was mainly f- fight or flight response yep. and freeze kind of came along later it wasn't yeah, as well wasn't, understood yeah we did not i did not whenever we trained when freezing was not part of the issue uh we yeah. never were trained about freezing yeah growing up yeah right. was part of but i mean it makes a lot of sense if you find yourself in a traumatic situation where you can't you can't get out of it there's right. nothing that you can do and right. fight either fighting back or right. or running away are right. both not options right um, and so a lot, I, I identify with a lot of these behaviors I was going through as a kid afterwards too. So, sure. uh, shutting down mind going blank, mm-hmm. um, urge to hide, mm-hmm. isolate self, mm-hmm. um, verbally unresponsive says, I don't know a lot, mm-hmm. uh, difficulty with completing tasks. Mm-hmm. That was a big one for me. Uh, zoned out daydreaming, mm-hmm. 
Um, I think of, you know, some kind of dissociative behaviors there with that. Sure. That was a big one for me. Um, unable to move, feeling stuck, mm-hmm. and then depressed, numb, bored, apathetic, helpless. Mm-hmm. Those can all be part of that freeze response. So what we're highlighting here is that these can be mistaken for other th- everything. Yes. Everything from ADHD to oppositional defiant to all sorts of, you know, uh, they're on drugs. Yes. Um, they have bad friends. They have bad, they run around with bad friends. Yep. All sorts of stuff. They have bad parents. Right. They don't go to church enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not that, once again, this is not automatically everybody that sure. has these is just stressed or is going on their way to depression or anxiety, but but that these that these are uh, some of the signals that we can st- start questioning, being curious, inquisitive. Mm-hmm. I think you used the word curious before. Yeah. But being curious and inquisitive, asking why is, the, is you, know, you know, they know what's right. They know what their siblings mm-hmm. do. Why, why, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Why is my child doing this? Yeah. yeah. I think one thing with kids too is it's not always obvious what the source of stress is, right. right? That's correct. And so if you can if you can get really good at kind of identifying like and getting curious, just like you said, about what these things are coming from, right. it'll lead back to maybe a very surprising source of stress that you didn't know. Unfortunately, a lot the kids pick up every they're like yeah. little radars. They pick up everything from the family and their friends, even if it's not directed at them, right. as, even if it doesn't involve them directly. They pick up everything, tones of voices, how you treat their sibling, all that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of that is your own internal piece. As adults, I'm talking to parents, is your own internal not self-knowledge, your own internal peace, yeah. your own internal ability to, to put up with with, with frustration. Right. Uh, and you, tr- you teach, you show it by example, you talk right. about it, but you show it by example. Big deal. Yeah, Big absolutely. Deal. I, I think that, that that's totally something that we 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 model behaviors for our children and, and children absorb them, whether they're positive things that that's we're right. modeling or negative Always. things that we're modeling. So we'll talk more about that as well. Um, okay, so now let's get to some hopeful stuff, Dr. Tadros, because I think we have have exhaustively defined the problem. We know that our, you know, our stress levels can drive hypertension and give us strokes and aneurysms and all kinds of stuff. Let's talk about what people can really do to sort of get their hands around this. And again, I love that you started off when we were talking about this by saying this is not about perfection. Nope. This is not not about perfection. This is not about, um, you know, giving up on your responsibilities right. and the things that you have to do and get done in your life. This is this is about learning to, to cope with daily stressors, mm-hmm. with acute stressors in a way that is sustainable yep. so that you can live the life that you want to live. A lot of stuff. And, and, and even though I, I even though whenever I talk to people about perfectionism, it's that's kind of this high expectation, high standards. I will talk about themselves. A lot of perfectionist people are not expecting perfectionism out of others. From out, out anyone else. Yeah, I they, completely they, agree with that. I think that's th- me. Their standards are so high, yep. typically because from their family, mm-hmm. um, even if it's unsaid uh, from their family, that's how they were trained. It's not about everything in their life. It's sure. not like everything is their car and their house and their their handwriting yeah. and their checkbook and you know checkbook. I'm so old. Uh, it's not like you everything said beat in your life. Before. Right. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not like everything in your life is perfectionist. But part of it. I had my version of perfectionism. I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it really, it was very, very visceral. It was very mm-hmm. gut. If somebody challenged me on it, that was my baby. This is what I did. And this is what I did well. And that's what I was known to do, do well for. And it, But it got in the way of tons and tons of stuff at, at a great cost to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so uh, we have coping skills. So a lot of stuff, I'm not telling people to get rid of the responsibilities. Right. Um, I want them to question do, do you want my 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 wife Julie many years ago for our daughters who are now adults and married uh, did not want them to have you know eight eight sports that they participate she said yeah. 
you know, one sport, one sport a season, you know, max, maximum of three or, you know, mm -hmm. I think maximum of two per year for my kids. She was not going to, she was not going to, you know, be perfect, you know, like every perfect family who made sure that they yeah. got them in club sports and yeah, yeah, tra yeah, traveling yeah, yeah. teams and stuff like that. So she kind of set her boundaries and she understood some of these things. And I think my kids did not miss out on too much. Right. It's, all right. it's, uh, it's all right. So we're not going to get rid of stress or, but if we do want to get rid of it, we're going to question ourselves. And then whenever we, how do we build up uh, some coping skills? Journaling, writing down. Down, it questions you. It's kind of kind of like self therapy. You mm -hmm. question yourself. You could write down your thoughts, your feelings. It doesn't have to be you know Shakespearean, but you'd write down your thoughts and feelings, your your, your hurdles, the things that you're grateful for. It's not just a bitch. Mm -hmm. It's not just a bitching session. Right. Some of the stuff that you're thankful and grateful for. I think it's a it's a positive it's a positive thing for all of us to do. Um, not just even just in our journal, just multiple times a day. Exercise, we severely, severely underestimate exercise. Uh, exercise is a way to meditate. Exercise is a way to uh, take down muscle tension. Yeah, discharge Extra, Discharge, discharge yeah. all the, the adrenaline and cortisol stuff. Yeah. Uh, sticking to a sleep routine that's sane. Um, you know, we talked about monophasic sleep. We talked about polyphasic sleep. Monophasic, you just go to bed at night. You wake up the next morning, eight hours later. Polyphasic, you get up in the middle of the night, do something small, go back to bed, uh, et cetera. But uh, so the question is, is polyphasic uh, harmful? Probably not, but we don't have big studies about mm -hmm. that. Uh, but uh, this is one of the big things. And actually, the sleep schedule is actually seven days a week. So this is the problem. Yeah. If you work third shift, the idea is the sleep specialist will say, you know, unless you're doing something, you're not going to be going to a different shift schedule. Okay. You're going to, you know, keep your shift work, sleep schedule on your same. off days. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So visual visualization and mindfulness is everything from prayer to, to positive mental attitude. This is even before you go to bed, uh, uh, about the stuff that you're, uh, that's, that's positive in your life, that you're thankful for your mm -hmm. life. Uh, um, those are some of the things, uh, some, some of it's also for, uh, forgiveness for yourself first, yeah. always for yourself first. You're not being narcissistic to forgive yourself first for not being perfect or great or whatever it is. You can accept it as a commitment. I accept mm -hmm. the way I am, but I commit right. to do better. I'll ask for help. I'll do whatever, get a coach or a minister or a therapist, whatever it is. Um, uh, spending time with loved ones, uh, uh, friends, this is a big deal. Um, it gives you kind of a type of resilience uh, right. to, to deal with bumpiness in our in your lives, mm -hmm. expected and unexpected, uh, expected and an, uh, unexpected bumpiness. Reframing, which is part of cognitive behavioral therapy, reframing uh, negative thoughts. So everything from I've lost my job. Well, it's my opportunity to blah 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 to change careers, to change professions, to yeah. change change houses, change cities, all that stuff like that. It's not it's not the way. It's not the first thing that you think about. Absolutely not. Um, uh, but, but, uh, that is the, that is the way to get through, uh, life. Um, and nobody's ever going to try to give you a perfect answer. You certainly won't accept perfect answers yeah. uh, because you've struggled with it. You would have come up with a perfect answer if you could yeah, have. Right. This is the problem. It's kind of demeaning to say, I'm going to give you the answer because I'm older than you and smarter than you. It's demeaning to people. They, uh, that's part of, and some of them will ask for, for, for answers. Most of us will not. Most of us are conscientious and we want to be independent, um, and we're willing to ask for help and accept help. But sometimes we're not, we're not quite there yet. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. 
Um, so the things that you just talked through were um, really active coping skills. So this idea of active versus inactive yes. coping skills. When I was reading through um, the, I think it was the Yale uh, article that you sent over about, you know, managing yes. chronic stress, the importance of picking active coping skills over inactive ones. So inactive ones are like watching TV, surfing the web, video Amen. games, eating, drinking, sleeping. Those can actually increase stress over over time. And they're not building the kind of resilience There's capacity no, right. that, we're, that we're looking Unfortunately, for. Unfortunately, it sounds like a bunch of teenagers during the pandemic, especially right. worse during the pandemic. Uh, and so, you know, this is the challenge. It's and everything is endless. You can endlessly avoid things. You can yeah. endlessly have screen time. You can endlessly sleep in. So part of this stuff is that self awareness and, yeah. and and some of your own goals. I'm you know goals are given to you you know for classes and and uh, graduating certifications mm -hmm. degrees, but a lot of stuff is yourself setting uh, goals for yourself. Right. Small. It could be small stuff. It could be you know I'm going to clean out my wallet. Uh, you know. By, tonight so and then the much bigger things that we can piecemeal piece it together over yeah, time absolutely month, month. yeah i think um uh, one other thing to point out too is that um i think there, there's sort of this idea of like soldiering through and just right. bearing yes. a, a burden yeah i'll sleep um, i'll sleep when i'm dead exactly type, sleep when i'm dead uh, theory so right. coping is not the same as soldiering through avoidance right, right. self-medication right. those two things do not have the same outcome right um coping involves discharging stress returning the brain and body to a non-stress state right building uh capacity for resilience right. accepting ourselves forgiving ourselves right. these are like yes. healthy there are <clears throat> there are fruits right. of healthy coping skills that's right um survival is not we don't want to just accept that right so I, we should I, we should do a whole thing we should probably bring in seth to this how do you know we we are we we are in a in a puritan driven society where you pick yourself by your bootstraps yeah, you, yes. you, you know yeah. um, i just had a discussion with one of my one of our potential future patients who's dutch german origins and calvin calvinist upbringing yeah you you know you work unless you're dead you're working right and if you and, and you work a very more. individualistic very individualistic ideal. so yeah. and i tell this to everybody who's a straight a student um a lot of stuff that we do in life we reward you for being an individual yeah but what a lot of stuff happens to be is a team sport, yes. whether, whether you're in football right. or whether whether you're in the military or whether you are uh, in a marriage or a relationship, it's a team sport. And we're, a lot of stuff that whenever we reinforce to youngsters it is not a team sport. There are team sports and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, there's individual swimming and individual track, but you're part of a team. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. part of that stuff is that is to see ourselves differently. How can we be individual and independent, but also be part of a team where we can rely on each other yeah. in certain ways? Right. Um, and certainly uh, in, in business school and, and medical school, they're doing more team approach to things. Mm. So it's, um, it's uh, as I'm talking, I'm thinking about this stuff. And we should do a, a whole pro podcast and bring in kind of this team approach. Um, sometimes teams can be, can be mm, problematic. Uh, but uh, but I think that's probably that's why we have societies. That's why I have neighborhoods. That's yeah, why I have families. Right. That's why Community. we you know multi generation house households. It's it's it is kind of a it's a grouping uh, to support each other. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're we're just gonna go over a few closing thoughts here. Um, number one, you know, we 
definitely want people to realize that you're not alone, right? right. We started yes. this discussion by talking about, you know, nearly half of people are feeling extremely stressed, extremely worried on a daily basis. Internationally. Internationally. Yeah. It's not just us, although the United States has very high rates. We're number five. Um and just what you were saying, Dr. Tadros, you know, uh, we, you know, we're, you're not an island. Um, isolation is correlated very, very mm-hmm. highly with stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so it can be extra hard to do any of the p- positive, healthy coping mechanisms that we're suggesting here um, in, you know, on, on your own without any support. So they're definitely um, get help, work with others. Um, another thing too, that we wanted to talk about is just, uh, the purpose of awareness of stress as Mm -hmm. an issue, right? And then the benefits of self-reflection. So one thing that I think we wanted to encourage people to do today is, uh, you know, examine the time and emotional energy that you spend on things. Yes. What do you spend your time doing? What do you spend your time worrying about? What occupies your thoughts most, most often, and how do those things align with right. what you re- what your purpose is, what you mm-hmm. really want to be doing? And then also to gather some objective data and feedback about how stress is affecting you. Mm-hmm. So you can get this input and there you have to have an amount of humility to ask these questions and be A open to the answers, you're, right? You're, you're being polite. Analysis is not even close. I need like <laughs> I need several truckloads worth of humility. Yeah. Um, so some of this subjective feedback can come from your doctor, right? We talked about there, there are medical markers for stress. You can learn about your blood pressure and Mm -hmm. your weight and Mm -hmm. your sleep and sugar control, sugar control, all those different things from your doctor. That's right. Um, your spouse, your children, your coworkers, those can often be really great sources of information, Mm -hmm. um, for understanding how you are, are perceived by them, how they feel you handle stress as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course, no, no shame or, or value judgment here because not everybody has the same tolerance level for stress, right? We That's all right. experience stress. We all experience That's different correct. kinds of stress. Not everybody has the same capacity to handle the same types and amounts of stress. Mm-hmm. I think in our culture, we tend to like glorify ultra marathoners that can deal with incredible pain and That's stress right. for a hundred miles out in the desert all by themselves. That is not... That's not reality. Most not not day to day reality yeah, for all. Most exactly. All of us. Most people need a, a variety of different types of coping skills to healthfully manage stressors through life. Mm-hmm. The need for coping skills can ebb and flow through the years That's and right. change as we go through different stages of and life. Your tolerance, your your capacity, uh, yeah, your reserve. Your That's need right. for support can change throughout your life as Absolutely. well. And so I think just kind of understanding that everybody is in that same boat together. I wish that understanding was more normalized and glorified mm-hmm. than, you know, some of these outstanding people that we hold up as, oh, they're so, they're amazing, rugged individualists right. that yeah. don't need anything else. Maybe we should talk about masculinity, machoism, all that stuff. Mm. How can it be a positive thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So um, finally, we want to, you know, in- encourage people to to look for resources. There are always resources in the community. Um, there, And when I say community, I don't mean like government programs. I right. mean like child care co-ops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, like think about the things that are stressing you is um, paying for groceries stressing for you, stressful for you. You can look for food banks and co-ops. If finding child care is stressful, there's child mm-hmm. care co-ops. If money stresses you out, there are free financial classes you can take. If your relationship is stressing you out, you can look for relationship building activities mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. classes. There's just 
all all of these supportive techniques yep. are active in positive ways of coping and dealing with stress. It's it's one of the things that's hard to picture yourself in any of these situations. I'm you know I'm I'm an adult. I'm an immigrant. I'm an yeah. eldest son. I'm an immigrant. People come to me for it, but I can't go ask for right, help. And the right. answer is absolutely I can yeah. and I need to. Uh, right. Just and other people, if I need it, then other people need it too. So my wife many years ago said, uh, your spouse is not your enemy. Uh, mm-hmm. Your spouse, uh, uh, and, um, and this is, uh, sometimes it's, it starts out like your enemy, yeah. but with, with maturity and both, both age and, and maturing within your relationship, uh, your kids are not your enemy. People yeah. are wanting their own right. stuff. It's not that they're out to get you. They're right. not out to ruin your life. Right. And that's certainly a type of stress that you feel like you're pulling, people are pulling different directions. You're not going towards a common goal. Yeah. And that's where that's stressful. And that can be, that can be resolved, um, not, e- not always easily, not always quickly, not the way you want. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of the resources that you uh, talked about uh, can help with some yep. of these things. Absolutely. Okay, so that's our chronic stress podcast. Yeehaw. That was a beast. Um, again, we really hope that people um, can give us some feedback on how this came across. Right. Did it stir up any new thoughts for you? Did it inspire you to make any changes or have any conversations with people that you care about? Mm-hmm. Um, as always, you can send your questions or feedback to our email address, notyourdocpod at gmail.com. You can also check us out at our website, notyourdoc.com. We're on Facebook, um, on YouTube as well. We want to hear your feedback. We want you to get involved. Thanks so much for this talk, Dr. Tadros. This felt like a it's, really good one. It's fun. Thank yeah, you. And, absolutely. Uh, and you're going to be a perfect mom, no matter. Uh, <laughs> you're going to be a real and a perfect mom. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take it. All right. Good. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time. This previous podcast represents my opinions and the opinions of my guests. This is not medical advice and I'm not establishing a physician-patient relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only and because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions that you may have.